0: Today, I only see benefits and this common belief that you have to like have your child in one place all the time for security and they need to grow boundaries and all these things. I don't know who says that.
1: Hey, what's up, you guys? My name is Mick Krashovsky, and welcome to episode 105 of That Remote Life Podcast, where we're here from location independent entrepreneurs and professionals so you can learn to quit the cubicle and live life on your terms. Today on the podcast, I am joined by Julia Yerg to discuss a topic I know nothing about but have received a lot of questions recently, and that is living as a digital nomad with kids. Julia and her partner are full-time nomads with two young boys, and both of their kids are not only being raised as digital nomads, but were in fact born as digital nomads because by the time Julia got pregnant for the first time, her and her partner had been nomading for five years. So... In this episode, I got to ask Julia about what it's like to be a digital nomad with children, how she met her partner while traveling full-time, and why they decided to have kids in the first place. We also talked about what it's like to be pregnant and traveling full-time, how to decide where in the world to give birth, traveling with young kids, schooling, and much, much more. If you're a parent who wants to explore the digital nomad lifestyle with your young ones or a digital nomad and thinking about having kids, this episode will answer many of your questions. But before we jump into the episode, I'd love to hear what you think about this podcast. I've made it very easy to leave a review. All you have to do is just head over to ratethispodcast.com forward slash TRL and write your review. That's it. It's just that easy. Just go over to that URL, type it in, and you'll be sent over to my review link. If you're enjoying this podcast, leaving a review is one of the best ways to support us. Reviews are still a key statistic that podcast platforms like Apple and Spotify look at in order to determine how to rank a podcast. So your review will directly help us climb the rank boards and attract new listeners. So thank you in advance for leaving a review if you choose to do so. If you want to check out the full show notes and a list of resources mentioned on this episode, you can do so over at thatremotelife.com forward slash episode 105. That's episode all spelled out followed by the number 105. All right, guys, without further ado, let's dive into this fascinating interview with Julia Yerg. All right, Julia, welcome to the show. How are you doing?
0: Thank you. Uh, I'm fine. How are you?
1: <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm super stoked to have you on because uh, we're going to cover a topic that uh, we've never talked about before on the show. And I have zero experience with, which is having kids and specifically how to be a digital nomad with kids. And so I'm super excited to have you on here. I constantly get questions about this and I'm like, listen, I have no idea because I don't have kids. I'm not anywhere close to having kids. So I'm super excited to have you on to essentially cover this. Um, how many kids do you have, you know, kind of like off the bat so that we know a little bit more about you? How many kids do you have and how old are they?
0: Sure. Uh, let me think how many kids have No, I'm just kidding. I do have two kids. <laughs> uh, my eldest one uh, will turn four in May and the little one will turn two in May. So they're two years apart. They're toddlers, they're really busy and very lively little creatures. So yes, it is always um, a lot of fun with them.
1: You've been a digital nomad since 2011, right? So it wasn't like you had kids first and then set off on the road. You literally were a digital nomad and then had kids on the road
0: exactly yes um so I, i've basically run through all the phases of this lifestyle uh, i started it off um, as a solo traveler digital nomad and um, and then i met my partner after one year of solo traveling and then we traveled for a while for about for almost five years together and then the kids came along
1: <laughs> what was the experience of like Meeting someone on the road and then like dating on the like because you were a solar traveler. I'm assuming you know they were a solar traveler as well. So it's like, do you like, how do you, you know what I mean? Did you guys decide to like, hey, we're going to travel together from now on? Did you meet up in different places? Like, how was that process?
0: Yeah, that was uh, quite inter- interesting to be honest. um We met in a really um, yeah a squirrel setting <laughs> in the in the desert of uh, of chile So in the uh, the, De- the atacama desert and it's I, I mean for those of you who have traveled through it's a really very small but cute very interesting place and a lot of people get stuck there because they say this place has something really special and i know we before we started talking uh uh this podcast, I told you that I was stuck in Mexico too, so it happens to me, <laughs> it has happened to me many times now. For example, I'm stuck in Thailand. Um, and yes, but uh, I believe that, um, not only like when you live this lifestyle, actually, the locations they pick you, it's mm-hmm. not the other way around. So sometimes it's really you have a plan and then you want to move on, and then you realize, oh no, some there's something more to it, and in that case there was something more to it uh at aka my my current uh partner or my partner and the dad of my my sons and we um so i was traveling through it and he was there uh on a mission to actually go to brazil and he was just also getting stuck there because someone offered him a job and he was just uh in the mindset of traveling and reevaluating his uh His opportunities and and he didn't want to really stay there, but then he found it interesting and he said, "Okay, I'm going to stay here for a few weeks." And then um, the same happened to me. I decided I stay for a while, and I um, actually was about to go back to Germany because it was at the end of my first travel year, and um, I had no intention to actually keep traveling. In fact, when I left in 2011, I said to everyone, okay, I'm just going to go on a quick break. Um, <laughs> That's how it always
1: starts. In the next starts. three
0: months, always. I'm going to be back. So in these three months, they turned into forever. <laughs> and um, and yeah, but I had an open open ticket, like the flight ticket uh, required me to, A, always keep moving into one direction and then also um, use, my, use up my flights uh until the you know by the end of the first uh, of one year so I was in this position I met this dream partner right Right. Uh, and um and then my my time was ticking out because uh my my ticket I think I had only a a week left and I said okay listen well we, we openly talked about it because what what can you do I mean yes you meet people on the road and yes you sometimes feel like oh, there's more to it. But in this case, I was so, so, so sure. And um, and apparently he was two <laughs> because up until today, he hasn't changed his mind. Uh,
1: <laughs> so did you so guys start I, traveling together from that point?
0: Uh, at first, no, because since he had this job in, in the desert and I said, well, I'm running out of funds uh, because I only had planned to up Uh, until six months max and then I was stretching my budget quite quite a bit and then I said okay I can stay with you if I find a job and back then I didn't have a mindset of finding a remote job at all I didn't even know that there was such a thing I mean yes I've heard about online work and so on, but I wasn't in that mindset so I was looking for a normal job and I was I was just handing in my um my cv in you know i was walking around in hotels and restaurants bars and so i was uh, looking for the the average backpacker job and then this uh, on the very same day the first day i was doing that um one of those boutique hotels called me back and said, OK, I'm not looking for a receptionist, but I see that you have a background in marketing. Can you help us? Uh, we need a blog for our website and, and such. And then I said, OK, this is going to be challenging uh, marketing in Spanish. But, um, yeah, I took the job. They um, they contracted me for a couple of months and then I uh, I got yeah, itchy feet feet again. And we decided to keep moving. And then we started traveling together. Yeah. We roamed around the world. I I don't know how many times.
1: (laughs) And so five years, you said into your relationship is kind of when you guys had kids. And what I'm really interested to hear about is like, at this stage, what was the thought process when you were pregnant? Was it like, okay, we're going to keep traveling and then eventually this baby's going to pop out somewhere in the world? Or was it like, we need to go back to Germany or wherever your partner is from? Uh, I'm not exactly sure where he's from, but was it like, we're going to have, you know, we're going to come go back to our country of origins to have this kid? Or were you like set on having a kid somewhere while you were traveling?
0: So my partner is from Chile and um, he Decided. I mean, we we looked at our uh, biological watch and said, okay, we're not getting any younger. What's gonna What's gonna happen? Are we gonna have kids or not? And I think the 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 key moment um, for us to actually discuss this topic was when we were together on a, a nomad event, and there were a bunch of people uh, bringing up that topic, and some of them were talking about things like you know we should create a uh, nomadic school for kids and stuff and then and then I was like come on guys is that really a thing is it going to is that going to happen but it started to create you know something in my head and a possibility and when other people were talking about it i actually allowed it into my thought process and into my world um before i was thinking that we were going to be going on like like the way we used to and then maybe stop and then have kids or not Uh, it wasn't it wasn't always clear if we had kids or not and then once we decided we were actually in the philippines and um on the way we were just leaving uh europe we were on the way um from the philippines there was a also a conference that i attended and um and yeah, and then I found out I was I was pregnant, and we were on the way to Australia because we met someone who was offering me a a job, um, more like a partnership for their uh, PR agency. And then I thought, okay, so here's the thing: this sounds like something more stable and an opportunity as well, because I wanted to try out something new. And you know, I had been. Um, taking on a lot of like freelancing jobs in, in very different areas, uh, copywriting, editing, uh, translating, uh, social media, marketing, PR. So a, a lot of different things. And then she was exactly the replica of the agency that I used to work back in in Germany. So I, I thought, okay, I love Australia. We always wanted to go back. Let's do that, have our kid there. And, um, and then when we were in the middle of yeah organizing our paperwork we were sitting in Bali then uh, getting closer to Australia and um, yeah getting ready for our visa stuff and my I, I actually got news from my mom that she fell sick and she was diagnosed with cancer and I was like okay whoa I was I think I was five months pregnant and very emotional for someone well if you have ever been pregnant, if anyone was there listening, pregnant, uh, you know what I mean. So there's a roller coaster of emotions going on, and you're like not the same person anymore. And I was feeling such a strong need to go back home to see my mom, and it was shortly before um, Christmas too. And I had been away for an entire like five years non-stop I hadn't seen my family back then and um, so the decision was made we, we we canceled our flights to to Australia we went to back to oh not back yeah. we went to Germany and um, and I decided that I wanted to hang around for a while to a yeah accompany my my mom but also also give them the opportunity my mom and dad to actually get to know their grandchild it was their mm. first grandchild I do have a an older brother but uh, he got his kids after mine so um, anyways it was um, almost a year that we hang out there and this was really like a very long long time for me um, would
1: you would you recommend that people who are thinking about having kids and who are nomadic would you recommend that they go back to their birth country or wherever it is that they have citizenship or anything like that or would you say no like it's fine to have kids while you're on the road I don't know if you had a different experience with your second kid what would you say like is it like what you know what would be your advice to that
0: well um it 100% depends on your health insurance. If you have uh, health insurance that covers births and or you have um, a certain amount of money where you say, okay, I don't care how much it costs. I will, we will be fine financially. Then do it wherever. Like I would have mm. been, i totally fine with um, uh, giving birth in Australia. And my second son, he was actually bor- born in um, in. in- islands la palma so um i don't think i mean you can have kids everywhere in the world people are getting kids everywhere so why would you not be able to have your kids somewhere else unless you feel not comfortable with uh, the the system there the health you know the um, or you're not comfortable with um the nurses not speaking your mother language because some people are like i have very maybe i'm lucky but i'm also i have a very um down-to-earth mindset when it comes to giving birth i was so um convinced that i can do it on my own like the first one was was rather like i'm doing what other people are telling me but i was going against my gut feeling and this made me stay at home until i'm i was almost ready to give birth. And then I was only mm. like five minutes in, in the hospital and my son was, was, uh, coming out. <laughs> and, and then I thought, okay, so hang on the second with my second son, I will do it differently because the, the, you know, hopping in a car, getting to the hospital was actually the most annoying part and most painful part, in, uh, during my first, uh, um, process la- labor. Yeah. Right. Um, so, yeah, my my second son, he was actually um, he was born at home, and we were actually alone. That was because the the midwife she wasn't um, quick enough. He was was there pretty pretty fast. But it what my point is, like if you are trusting your instincts, if you are good with you know making room for the possibility that you can do it anywhere, it's like with everything in life. It's your mindset. And um, having your kids can be done anywhere.
1: What about like citizenships for the kids, right? There's like, I know in the United States, for example, you like, you literally get citizenship if you're born within the geographic area of the US, which is kind of insane that like anyone, any tourist can have a kid in the US and that kid will have US citizenship, I believe. What like, was that something that you guys like thought about? Was like, you know, where are we having the kids? Like, how are they getting citizenships? Like, are they German citizens? How did that process kind of work with having kids outside of the countries that you and your partner are from?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's, I know people that they uh, strategically um, went to countries in order to become uh, a citizen for their children. Um, and it it really works very differently in in depending on which country you're choosing. For example, Costa Rica is one of the countries that give you also citizenship and we were tempted to. uh, There was a a time when we thought, oh, let's have a third one. Um,
1: (laughs) Just to get that citizenship?
0: (laughs) Just to get that citizenship, yeah, and have like a a nice base, home base there. Um, But in In our case now, with Spain, um, my second son he he's also German, and he has until he turns eighteen years old, he has the opportunity to actually decide between either the Spanish or the German citizenship, but it's not automatic. so um, it's it's quite tough to actually, you know, just go to to a country and then decide to have a child there because uh, a, you need a visa that allows you to stay as long, for, for as long as you're pregnant in the country without getting into trouble and then when you are entering a country and you are 7 months pregnant they're going to want you know they're saying hey where's your return flight uh mm. show me your ticket what's your plan why are you coming you know this is not so easy um and some some countries are really cautious and i am um, i'm also not sure how you would be how you would go about this um legally like without stressing you out because um yeah if you on, are on a tourist visa and you're just aiming to get citizenship for your kid i i, I don't recommend it
1: <laughs> sure so how are the kids now you have two kids you said they're toddlers they're still younger how are they reacting to you guys constantly moving because i know there's people that i'm friends with who have kids and they just cannot even imagine the idea of traveling with them because it would be so stressful and here you are on the complete opposite end where you're like I'm not just traveling I'm basically traveling all the time or at least very often so what's that like how are the kids essentially like reacting to you guys moving so often
0: to be honest they don't know any any other lifestyle so my uh He's been like we took him on his first trip. Like I said, we we were um, kind of based in Germany for his first year, but we took him on his first road trip to Italy um, from um, when he was not even three months. Um, we wanted to make sure that he's travel proof, and he was. <laughs> and then we we took a, a bunch of different uh, short trips, like only one month stays uh, within Europe, and. Um, I think the more we as parents are, you know, relaxed throughout this travel uh, phase, the the, the children, they're just seeing us. They're a little copy of us and our emotions. So as long as I'm enjoying myself and I'm not stressed out that I have two kids with me, like going on an airplane or or, uh, organizing our next day, why would they be stressed? I mean, until now, they really all they need is mom and dad and, and their toys. Um, my my eldest is happiest when he has his uh, toy cars with him. And as long as he, they are all in his suitcase, he's good to go. And he's like, where are we going to go next? <laughs> Today, uh, we just moved into a new place. And it's just within the same island that we've been here. Uh, I mean, we got stuck here due to COVID. We decided deliberately not to to move anywhere else because it's pretty safe here, and um, and an awesome island. And uh, but we've we've moved and changed places quite often. And uh, he's always the one who's like, okay, yeah, let's stay here. This is a nice house. Here we here we can you know there. I think it's it's actually doing them a favor in being open minded. Um, not being scared towards change Uh, I don't know I I, until today I only see benefits and this common belief that you have to like have your child in one place all the time for security and they need to grow boundaries and all these things I don't know who says that Uh, these are the common sentences that people are saying when they're living a, a normal life so I don't I don't think so, like for, for for us, for now, until today, it feels okay. I'm not saying that we're never gonna settle down or that when my my children are really older and speak up what they want and say, okay, I'm sick of, of living out of the suitcase. Uh, we wanna really have our our room or whatever steadiness they, they're requiring. Well, then we have to discuss it and, and, and see what we're gonna make out of it. Um,
1: What about schooling? Because I think that that's another big question, right? Is like, Hey, my kids are getting older. They need to go to school. So do you, have you guys thought of a plan around that? Like, are you homeschooling them? Are you planning on like putting them in a school wherever you're at and then pulling them out when you're ready to move on? Like, what is your plan around that? And what would you, what would you suggest to other people as like resources to essentially come up with their own plan for that?
0: Yeah, well, it's, it's still a little bit far away for us. Well, one, a bit over a year, we still have uh, time to think about it. But uh, of course, we have thought um, thought about it as well. But um, there are many options, like um, word schooling, you just said it. Unschooling, uh, you can have, depending on where you go, and what communities you find, it is really anything goes. Like, again, it depends on how you go about it. If you are a person who needs that security and says, okay, my kids needs to go from A to Z, the, the exact same uh, career and needs to go to this the school like anyone else, well, then yeah, of course, you need to do that. And probably you wouldn't want to start the digital nomad lifestyle in the first place I guess but for someone who is okay with living an alternative lifestyle will find a way to make it work also with education we have um, not sent him to any kindergarten or preschool yet we have offered it to him because there are some people in our community here not really community, but we've met obviously other families who are also here on the island for a bit longer due to COVID. And um and they send the, the children to, to the kindergartens here. some don't and and for for the friends of, of my son who are in kindergarten I always, well, when he says, can we go and play with, with Emma? Can we go and play with Susie? Then I have to say, no, they're kindergarten. And he always says, okay, that's fine. I don't want to go there. But as, uh, as soon as they come play with me in the afternoons, uh, I'm happy, you know. Um, the moment he says, I want to check out and see what it's like. We actually went there, showed him, this is the kindergarten. This is what other children are doing in the mornings. This is what you could be doing if you wanted to. And then he asked me, does that mean that I'm going to stay here alone on my own and you you guys are going to go home? And I'm like, yeah, of course. You play with the other children. And he's like, nah, not going to do that.
1: <laughs> so. What about... You, so you mentioned friends and, you know, having friends. and I think that's the other sort of concern. And you've heard it a lot during yeah. COVID, I think, as well about this concern of the, you know, keeping the kids home and like remote learning is keeping them from socializing with other kids. And like I think that that's been a topic that's been brought up a lot during COVID. Like, how do they yeah. make friends, you know, when you guys are moving and then also the other families that also have kids are moving? Like, what is that situation like? Do they continue being friends with people they met? What has been, you know, your experience with that, and your kids' experience with that?
0: So the funny thing is, um, they're. I mean, kids are really amazing little creatures. They, you. Or let's put it this way: you, as a grown-up, you always come up with those fears about your children that they would react a certain way in in certain uh, circumstances. So for example, I was also afraid he my my son he connected with one girl really well and he they it looked like his first love and (laughs) they played every day and they were like, Oh, I want to see her. And I was like, Okay, this is going to be tough. The moment that we have to say goodbye. And then the day came, and I said, "Okay, we're gonna go move on, and um, you're probably not gonna see her for the next few months. Or you know, I didn't want to say forever because you never know. And then also, the truth is, you see each other in in the world somewhere always again right. if you are in that travel mode and 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 in in a in a network and stuff. So, but um, I told him this, and he said, okay, Um, so uh, until today he has never like really talked about this in an upset way he he sometimes asks and how is she doing and then if he asks about her I I tell her uh, tell him where she is and then we can also you know keep in touch uh, and talk uh, on the internet I mean this this has been so easy and it's never been easier to keep in touch and also for children, they can use my, my phone, the computer switch on zoom or, or WhatsApp. And yeah, there's the little friend and then they have a little chat.
1: <laughs> Do you guys ever travel together get or travel to places based on where your kids' friends are going? Because like, for example, my wife and I, yes. we totally go someplace because, Hey, we have friends that are going there. It would be fun to go there together. Is that something that you guys have almost developed with other parents and their families?
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's actually the reason why we came here, because this island, um, the first time we came here, I was actually pregnant with my first son. And then we realized, oh, there's a lively community of uh, travel families coming always in the winter time when it's uh, cold in Europe. So um, when we realized that we decided to come back when whenever we have kids and um yeah and so this is the second year that we're here after yeah after this mm-hmm. realization and then there's another place um like where my son was born the second my second son um that's also a very um uh, hot spot i'd say for for digital nomad families and um there are a bunch of different places around the and world where is where that know- where is that place La Palma on the Canary Islands.
1: Okay, got that
0: it. That is, um, yeah, and um, I have a few other spots where I know if I go there, there's a community where we could, yeah, find easily friends and for for them as well.
1: You mentioned when we were talking a little bit earlier that one of the times when the discussion about having kids with your partner came up was because you guys were at a nomadic event. And this idea was brought up of like a nomadic school, right? And mm-hmm. since then, is that something that's been created? Is that something that there's like a, like that exists now where like kids can kind of, kids of nomadic families can go to school?
0: Uh, that's, um, that's a good question. And you know, I should actually look into this. Um, I know someone um, told me the other day, um that there 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 are some some people there still discussing it, but I'm not sure if they have launched anything like it. Um but yeah, you're right. I should follow up uh, on that thought because it would be a nice solution. It, uh, the idea was basically to have a few bases around the world, but, but then travel families can obviously stop by and and um get education for their children. Um uh, Yeah. Now that you say it, thank you. Just a good reminder. I
1: I would think that now with like COVID having taken place and so many kids having gone on to like learn remotely for at least a year um, or for some period of the year, I feel like that would be something that a lot more people are possibly discussing because I think there's going to be a lot more people who are like remote or looking to do some version of like, living as a nomad, right? Like maybe it's not like the full thing, but it's like, hey, we like to bounce between three different places. And I would imagine there must be way more discussions happening around that. There must be way more families doing this. Have you noticed more discussion of this topic? Or I understand that it's COVID and that, you know, if there are a lot more families who are considering becoming nomadic, they might not have started just yet because we're still quite in the midst of covid but have you noticed an uptick in discussions of being a nomadic family?
0: yeah absolutely I can definitely tell that um, I mean I might be biased because I'm in that uh, in that topic and in that scene but uh, w- when you look on social media and the discussions in the in the relevant groups there, People are looking for ways to make this work because they, they know, no. I mean, for so many people it has happened that their nine to five job was, you know, not the solution for stability. And so creating a, um, an online career or an online business and then taking it anywhere and especially then having that freedom with your family, that is some sort of dream for many now, especially now. And yes, I definitely can confirm that um, this has increased.
1: <laughs> How do you see life progressing, right? Because I think I I specifically know of a family uh, that are family friends that when their kid was younger, they were traveling a lot together, they were constantly nomadic. And then when their kid got older, kind of like that early teens they decided to go back to where they were from because i the kid wanted to i think experience life and go through high school and all that kind of stuff is that kind of what you think is going to happen or like like i think i think that's really the stage in which there's a lot of question marks of like okay what do we do at that point as the kids get older is that something that you've thought about
0: i've thought i thought about it but i uh, honestly my philosophy for life in general is like i don't want to worry about things that are so far away because there can happen i mean so many things can happen in between and i can make a plan and plans never turn out to work especially when you live in in such a yeah a, a way that we are doing it so yes i i want to know all my options and yes i want to Be open-minded towards every every possibility like i said before when i hear that one of my family members is is upset about the way we're living then that's the moment when i want to start talking about an alternative way but yeah as long as we're still happy and enjoying it the way it is i i don't want to worry too much about it but yeah i should mention that there's many many people uh, and families uh, who we are friends with, and they have teenage uh, children. And um, I don't know. It's always when I meet these these teenagers, they're so great and awesome personalities. Um, so I I'd say if you if you have teenagers and you, there is no recipe for, for you know one or oh, one pill that you can swallow and then it will work. But um, I'm sure they also benefit from from just giving it a try and and also making them see the world, especially like with your family, and then even connecting uh, with with other families who have those those uh, the same age uh, children could be a way of um taking away the fear that your teenagers will not go along with your idea but um i think if you if you tell a teenager that hey you you don't have to go to school and you will get to see the world there's a slight chance that they're actually on your side with this one
1: <laughs> <laughs> i could yeah i think if that had been offered yeah. to me at some point in my life i may have taken you know my parents right? up on it but what about um Let's talk a little bit about working with kids, right? You have a business. Um, I'm assuming that your partner is also working. How does that work with raising kids as well? Do you guys have a schedule? Like, how do you really like fit both, you know, taking care of the kids and running a business together?
0: Yes, that is uh, that is a uh, ever an ongoing challenge every day, but. Um, we have come up with a really uh, great system that works for us because we, well, yeah, my partner also works. So we were both um, doing, like he's a, a web designer and, um, and I do um, marketing and and social media marketing coaching, but I, I help also uh, people who want to actually start the digital nomad lifestyle and help them with their questions. So, I do a bit of uh, a combination of both like social media guidance and uh, digital but lifestyle guidance. And um, I mean, for both of us, it's really, we're in a fortunate position where we can actually move our work schedule around our um, family schedule. So it's not crucial for me to sit on the com- uh, uh, in front of my computer at 7 a.m. in the morning or 9 a.m. in the morning on a Monday. And uh, to, be, to be honest, today was, Thursday, yes, and I made a Sunday out of it because I decided to um, not do any any type of work other than this interview today. So feel special. <laughs> this is the only thing that I'm um, yeah sitting in front of the computer today, and that is that is I think the beauty of this lifestyle that if you have a um, yeah make yourself. The freedom if you create a business that allows you to 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 not be dependent on on time so much then you just create your own schedule and the way we do it is we um, discuss every week before the week starts and we have a a mutual uh, um, like a family calendar just google google calendar basically where both of us we put our Uh, apartments in there and then if we see that there's something urgent in my partner's calendar then I obviously block some time and know that I have to back him up and take care of the kids and and vice versa but if there's nothing urgent going on during the week then we just split the days Um, the days are basically if I watch the kids in the mornings he gets to work in the mornings and then I do the afternoons Mm -hmm. And if there's really so much to do, then I sit down at night and work a few hours, a few couple of hours before I go to bed. But usually, yeah, I'd say with four or maximum five hours per day, I'm pretty, pretty okay.
1: I have heard uh, multiple people who have kids tell me the greatest productivity hack in life is to have a kid because suddenly you become extremely productive and like I have friends who have kids that are like I don't know what I spent my days on before I had a kid so I have heard this uh from multiple people who have kids that are like yes suddenly I can get my work done in like three hours (laughs) because like I have to so
0: oh my gosh yes I've never really thought about it yeah but it's so true um because yeah, before you you can, you know, browse the internet, open your Facebook, and then after an hour you say, okay, now I start working, now you don't do that anymore, you really, you know, okay, I have from X to X, and this is my, <laughs> my window, and I need to get this done, and uh, yes. That's, yeah, that's actually a good point of you.
1: <laughs> so what's next for you guys? I know that you've been in Thailand for quite a while now because of COVID and you've kind of, you know, you just said that you moved to a new place with the vaccine around the corner and hopefully the world opening up a little bit again. Where do you think you're, you know, where are you off to next? Is that something you guys have thought about or you're staying still for now?
0: To be honest, we think about it, of course, like I guess everyone else, um, a lot but I haven't really come up with or we haven't really come up with that that plan and um, last year like by the end of last year I actually thought okay so I think uh, we will visit um, grandma and grandpa in, in Germany by May now it's March and I don't feel like moving it's, it's, it's just, you know, with two kids, especially you don't want to travel to the other end of the world, getting through all those COVID tests and then risking also, you know, that we're in close and locked down in, in a place for quite some time. My biggest fear would be like getting there. And then they say, they say, okay, now you can't go anywhere else. And you, you're stuck in, in Germany. That, that that's my biggest fear because, yeah i don't want to i don't want to be there long term and um so unless it's not going to change for the better and the world relaxes and and it's it's obvious that you can move on whenever you want to i don't think that we're going to leave here because especially i mean thailand in general has has been doing really great during covid and we were lucky that here on this island there has been no case and we have wow. not had any any restrictions like other than putting on a mask when you go into the supermarket but other than that we're out there every day we're meeting other people. it's I mean, it's been really fortunate and we would be crazy to actually leave this place in order to go somewhere my my brother and my my family in Germany they send me their stories and tell me you know we we'd love to see you but stay wherever you for how long you can because it's not gonna be fun for you guys being locked up in in an apartment building (laughs) they know me i mean they know they know i would be i would be not good yeah so no plan so far the plan is staying put until we can make a plan again
1: (laughs) well julia thank you so much for coming on Uh, i really appreciate it this has been a lot of fun and we got to cover a topic that I've never had the chance to discuss otherwise. And I've never had anyone to ask these questions, but before we, you know, jump off, I do want to find out a little bit more about what you do. Cause you did mention that you do social media marketing and like training for entrepreneurs. So if people are interested in that, where can they find out more about what you do? And then also you mentioned that you help people, you know, with the digital nomad transition. So where can people find out more about those things?
0: Yeah, sure. So um, I do have a website that um, has been my my baby, so to speak, since uh, for the longest. Like I said, it started off as a travel blog and now I just have it as a um, online portfolio kind of thing and it's called, um, you can find it, Jay Jetter. This is my brand name. because um, They used to call me Jay and uh, I made a Jet Setter uh, word thing out of it and yeah I write a lot about uh, traveling there but also um, you can obviously get in touch through that and I'm also on social media with this handle Jay Jetter and um, what I basically do is I look at people's online presence and do uh, audit their Facebook profiles for, for example or Instagram performance and then I help them tweak in order to get better results, if it's more reach, if it's more sales, uh, more connections with their clients and so on. And um, I started this coaching business a couple of years ago because I found out that I love working with, with people. So one-on-one sessions have been the most fun for me. And uh, I used to do a lot of social media management and strategy uh, support owners and onlinepreneurs and this is still a service that I um, have on offer but I'm now promoting more the one-on-one coachings because that's where my passion is and where I I get uh, the most fun out of it so that is the one side of the coaching business and then the other one is always a side effect because some, some people find me simply when they google digital nomad coach or digital nomad mom or these kind of type of things. And then they ask me questions, how they can actually make it work, this lifestyle and questions similar questions than you are asking, right? But then for their specific case, And this is obviously a very fun coaching for me as well, because I get to talk about it. And I'm passionate about this lifestyle.
1: I will put all the links uh, that you mentioned to your website in the show notes. So anybody who's interested uh, listening can check that out. But Julia, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, I really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we, we bump into each other somewhere.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me. It was great. It was a lot of fun. And yes, enjoy Merida. (laughs) Maybe we'll cross paths somewhere.